Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Well, Linda, thanks for joining us on The Score. Um, uh, first of all, what's life been like for you uh, during lockdown? I, I know you're working uh, away at the moment, are you, Linda? Yeah, uh, thankfully, walking away at home and uh, very busy, which is great. Uh, one of the lucky ones, I suppose. Um, so I don't find it too bad, actually, because I suppose the days are flying with work and the weather's been beautiful. We've been very lucky in that regard. I think if we had been locked down in January and February, it would have been a lot worse. Yeah. Um, so I'm getting out every day and going for a run and doing a bit of exercise and breaking it up like that. And uh, yeah, it's, it's it's been OK. I've been one of the lucky ones, I think. Good stuff. Um, I know you're Director of Operations at Cork-based business, SCLC. How is business and what, what's your company? What, what, uh, just tell us a bit about your company. Well, SELC Ireland is a, stands for Smart Efficient Lighting Controls. And basically, we um, we manufacture uh, photo cells, uh, which are uh, for street lighting internationally. So basically, what it is, it's, it's for it's smart street lighting. Uh, for smart cities and utilities, uh, which, you know, um, they're LED dimmable switches. There's a central monitoring system. Mm. It, it allows cities to, con- you know, to prevent um, shortages, uh, prevents them, uh, you know, uh, losing money due to due to excessive downtime. It, pre- uh, it allows them to treat uh, from a security perspective to ensure there's no outages in certain parts of the city. And they can maintain them um, throughout before they ever um, go break down, so to speak. So, you know, it's a, it's a great business. We're in Asia. We're in the United States. We manufacture in Mexico. Um, so we've been very busy. But at the same time, we were bought out about three years ago by an international company called Xylem Incorporated. Um, mm. They employ 16,000 people worldwide. Um Thankfully, their liquidity was very strong, so it enabled us all to keep working during this time. But I think, you know, we have seen a big hit on revenue. We're down about 18% for this quarter. Um, so, And I think it's going to be more longer term than was initially envisaged. Mm. Um, so Xylem do all uh, metering. Like, we do light metering. They do gas metering, water metering, and electric metering. metering. So um, that's how we fit into that company. Good stuff. Tough times indeed uh, for, yeah. for, for most. Um, you, like all of us, um, Linda, are, are missing live sport. Um, is it more likely that uh, there won't be any Camogie Championship action this year, do you think? Yeah, I think it's it's hard to call, Trevor. I think the gov- uh, I think the GA are coming under increasing pressure from a lot of areas to open up again. I think when the government uh, allowed uh, groups of four through social distance to get together last Monday... And with the various stages that they've introduced with, I think, phase five, uh, full contact sport, um, I think that immediately put pressure on the on the GA who said nothing, who said no activity until October. Um, obviously, I, I know that the Camogie our Association, Sinead McNulty, is on an advisory board, of which I think there were 15 members involving ladies' Gaelic football, GA, Camogie, and I think handball. And they're all... Um, discussing, you know, and trying to decide how to get back. I think they are coming under a lot of pressure. I think it's a very difficult one. 
Um, I myself wonder how you can ask society to maintain social distancing, mm. how you can ask businesses to reopen and, and maintain social distancing, costing them an awful lot of money, and then allow GA players to go out and play a contact sport. Um, you know, sports people are typically the fittest in our society. Uh, I think they're, you know, they're young, they're very fit. This virus possibly affects them a lot less than others. But it's not the players, as we all know, it's who they interact with outside of that in their yeah. workplace and at home. A lot of them are frontline workers, um, you know, so they can have all, you know, they're, into, they're talking about fever detection systems and, and everything. And, you know, it's very messy and very difficult. Um, but I think you can't have one rule for some part of society and another rule for another. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but having said that, you know, as a society, we need to get back to some bit of normality, whatever that, whatever that normality is, both from an economic and a mental health perspective. Uh, there's not other people suffering anxiety uh, across all ages. Um, vaccines typically, my understanding, is that they, they take six to seven years between FDA approval and getting them to the marketplace. Obviously, this will be speeded up because it's a global pandemic. Mm. But at the same time, it needs to be tried and tested. I think people will be very slow to take it until it is tried and tested. So, you know, do we have no GA until that happens? Um, I think, you yeah. know, do we, you know, does society maintain on partial lockdown until then? You know, lockdown being homes, restaurants, hotels and, you know, social distancing for the next number of years. I think that's a job for the health experts. I, and I think I don't envy them. I think it's a very difficult mm. one. And I think they're damned yeah. if they do and damned if they don't, you know. Yeah, certainly is. Um, Cork Camogie uh, at the moment, uh, Linda, is, is very strong. It has been for a long time, but currently very strong uh, at, uh, you know, inter-county and club uh, level as well. Cork have been in five, haven't they, of the last six All-Ireland finals? Didn't make it last year, but, you know, Camogie is very strong at the moment, isn't it, in Cork? It is very strong. Um, I think the club setup is very strong. There's, there's been some tremendous club games over the last number of years, and the intercounty setup is pulling one a player, one player from here and one player from there. Uh, gone are the days when the city clubs kind of, you know, dominated and had five or six members of their team on panels. But um, yeah, very strong, and you know, lost a couple of players over the last few years, obviously through retirement, and they're building again. Um, they were possibly close to reach. I know they had another couple of group games to play which unfortunately they had uh, league games this year. Unfortunately, two of them had been postponed due to the bad weather and, and then the, the the lockdown kicked in. So they had two games to play, but the signs were there that they were going to reach a league final and that would have been good for the younger players coming in and um, developing them. But you look, such as like every, every other county is in the same boat. But uh, but yes, uh, Cork, is, Cork has been very strong for the last number of years. But Cork has always been there or thereabouts. Um, mm. Went through a barren patch there from about uh, 2009, right? Or they were in 2009 and then lost until 2014 yeah. again. Um, but since then, have you know, have dominated really. So it's been great. Yeah, the likes of Rena Buckley and Bridge Corkery, Linda, have been phenomenal, haven't they? Like unbelievable uh, service they've given to Cork. When you look at both of 18 All Ireland titles and and jewel players, um, you know, the most decorated players in, in Gaelic games, I would think. Yeah, I have tremendous time for Breed and Rena, And, you know, the main reason I have great time for them, Trevor, is because you, you might see players over the years, that, you know, they take a break for the league. No, they might be advised to take a break for the league, and that's fine. Um, you know, they, they tend to mind themselves a bit. Uh, but Breach and Rena, every single, whether it was a challenge game, 
training, league game, championship game. Mm. They played every single one they possibly could in both courts. Yeah. And gave as much in a challenge game as an All-Ireland final. And tremendous players, uh, tremendous uh, role models, I think, in that regard as to, you know, what you give to a team behind the scenes, behind the big days. And they were just tremendous. And I have yeah. great time for both of them. Yeah. Would you like to be a player today in today's game yourself, Linda? You know, Trevor, a few, funny enough, a few years ago, if you asked me that, I'd have said, oh, God, yes, I envy the players today. Um, I envy the the train, the type of the different type of training, the nutritional advice, the um, the performance analytics and the strength and conditioning and all that. But I've, I've probably done a 360 degree on that over the last two years. I think it's gone over the top. Mm. I think that... Um, I think that the inter-county managers have too much um, say. I remember, like, I loved Claymer Cork. It meant everything to me. I loved the Cork dressing room. I loved putting on the jersey. Uh, and every time I put it on, I felt tremendous pride. But what we had with, with the Glen, I, I, I can't put into words. It was absolutely something special. For the best part of, like, the eight, nine, ten years, mm-hmm. we lived in each other's shoes for the best part of 12 months a year because we were so successful. We've trained year in, year out. With, with, and, you know, if we won an All-Ireland Club title, we celebrated on our downtime together. And that dressing room, that, that this, the bond we had in that dressing room and the camaraderie was something, was something very, very special. Mm, and back in the day, we trained three days with Cork and three days with the club. To not train with your club would have been unheard of. And there was no way, you know, you'd be considered too big for your boots anyway if you did, mm. if you did decide you weren't training clubs. So we trained very hard, different type of training, but very hard. Um, I was actually reading a piece that uh, uh, Michael Monaghan did with Tony Davis in the exam yesterday, where Tony said that back in the day, we trained for fitness, not strength. And that's very true. Um, obviously, that running and that type of training creates some form of strength, but we didn't have the bulk building that's there today. And... Um, we had a tremendous. So we trained. We trained very hard, but today the players are not allowed to train with their clubs, inter county players. They're not allowed to play challenge games. They're rarely allowed. You know, they they'd be stopped playing the odd league game. Um, they're not allowed to play with their colleges. They're not allowed. Well, they are allowed to play, but not allowed to train. And it, it creates. You know, they're missing out on so much. And I I believe that back in the day, if we didn't give as much to the club as we did. We wouldn't have had that bond in the dressing room. Mm. There, was about, there was about five or six of us um, on the Cork panel at the time. So that would have been a huge void in our club panel. And we wouldn't, we wouldn't have had that bond and we wouldn't have won what we won. So I wouldn't have swapped that for the world. I, what I had with, that, with the club was something else. Yeah. And, you know, if you ask me today, would I go back, like if, Linda, if you could go back 25 years and you had, could have the same Cork team and the same club team, but using today's methods and today's de facto rules of county comes first, I'd have said, no, I don't want it. I'd, I'd, have probably, I'd probably walk away from Cork and stick with my club and look at the inter-county career I'd have missed out on. Um, mm-hmm. There's an awful lot of players out there, Trevor, in Cork, club players, fine club players, that have turned down wearing the cock jersey over the last number of years. And I'm wondering if that's the reason why. You know, I, I think it's wrong. What I think should be done could... about that, do you think, Linda? 
I think I think the inter-county managers shouldn't have as much control as they do. Mm. But you see, they do have it, and it's very hard to stop it because players are afraid. If you know they love playing for Cork, they defy the manager, and they, obviously they 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 suffer the consequences. They're probably dropped, you know. But it does cause friction in clubs. It does cause ferocious headaches and frustration for for club managers and. Um, and the, the clubs come second in Cork, Camogie, and in every, you know, and in, in Cork, GA, you know, clubs come second. And uh, and maybe because we're such a big county that we feel it more than other counties. But, mm. you know, um, the setup today, I, I wouldn't like it at all. No. Oh, right. And you had a great understanding, of course, with the club going into the inter-county as well. And you're so successful w- with the Glen winning 10 counties, three All-Ireland clubs. They were great times indeed. Um, you're writing about sport, uh, the sport now yourself, Linda, of course. Do you, do you like writing about the game? I do. I remember initially, um, I remember getting, I retired in 2002. And I think it was 2004, I got a call from the Echo to see would I, you know, do a weekly column. And mm. I said, God, I said, like, yeah, I, I said, God, no, absolutely not, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they said, would you, you know, would you, you know, preview games? And I said, oh, God, no. So I think I ended up meeting Connor George for coffee and he said, go on, just give it a go. And uh, so what, that was 15, 16 years ago. And I've absolutely loved it because um, I've loved going to games. I, it's really kept my hand in at club level and the players and at inter-county level. I wouldn't have had that um, if I, you know, I would, I, I may have, kept, you know, I would have kept my hand in this some shape or form, I'm sure, but not to that extent. And I really enjoyed it. Um, I've enjoyed going to, I've seen some tremendous club games. I've enjoyed the club games more than the inter-county games. Mm. Uh, obviously, we all love the All-Ireland final and yeah. trillion semi-finals, but the club games have been, and the passion on the sidelines, I've, and the, the comments, I've gone home some nights, Trevor, well after the report has gone in, I'm lying in bed thinking of the match, and I'm hysterical laughing to myself at some of the comments that would have come from the opposition <laughs> on the <laughs> sideline, you know, so it's um, it's it, it, it's great, and I've really enjoyed it, yeah. Yeah, and in, in general, it's a, it's a great time for women's sport in Ireland, isn't it? When you look at, you know, what the Ireland hockey team have been doing, you know, uh, women's athletics, Katie Taylor, we mentioned Camogie with Cork. In, in general, it's it's a good time for, for women's sport in Ireland, isn't it? Absolutely fantastic. And I, and I credit social media an awful lot for that. Um, you know, people know, people can see clips of the brilliance of, of, of female sport as well as the fact that RTE, to be fair, have and TV3 have given tremendous coverage, I think, over the last few years to women's sport. Um, you know, I really enjoyed the Women's World Cup um, Championship there uh, last year, which was just tremendous, the coverage there. Um, the athletics that has consistently on, you know, TG Carher with the ladies' football games, you know, um, RTE showing everything now from the quarterfinal to the All-Ireland final, All-Ireland Camogie finals. So... Um, Fantastic! It is a great time to be a sportswoman, um, and and rightly so. You know, I'm delighted mm. for them, and long may it continue. And I think a lot of investors have seen that as well. Yeah. You know, it, you know, it doesn't cost half as much to to sponsor a women's team at the moment, and yet they're getting tremendous coverage. So I don't, I don't know why um, more investors aren't coming on board and supporting women's sport because they're 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 certainly getting value for their book there. Yeah, they are, definitely. Yeah. And just, just your own career, I was kind of interested reading about your own career in recent times um, that, uh, you know, when you were growing up uh, as a young girl in Cork, uh, you um, you really loved soccer and you played on the streets uh, with the lads and kind of soccer was your kind of first passion, wasn't it? It was, I absolutely. I think from the time I could walk, I had the, the big ball in my hands <laughs> and I was 
out in the streets morning and night. I remembered getting up on a Saturday morning at eight o'clock and knocking on the lads' doors to come out and play. And, you know, I was the only girl on the Meadow Park, Ballyvalan, Camogie team. And a good friend of mine, Linda Hearn, was on the Ash, Ashgrove uh, in Ballyvalan's soccer team. And we used to have tremendous um, battles between the two parks. And, uh, well, absolutely loved it. But, you know, funnily enough, for some reason, and I can't put my finger on it, but I never knew there was a, 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 a cock soccer club I could have joined. I didn't realise there was a Cork Celtic up in Mayfield or mm. whatever. And I think just as I was probably coming to that realisation that I could join a women's soccer team, I always thought soccer was just, there was boys clubs, there was no girls clubs. Um, just as I was coming to that realisation I was about to join Cork Celtic, I went into St. Patrick's Secondary School and took up Camogie and I, I just stuck with that then. I didn't play a second sport after that. Probably yeah. regretfully in one sense. But then again, it's very difficult to manage two sports, so I can't compare them. I'm delighted with the choice I made. Yeah, because you just strike me as a player that would have been very handy with the, with the ladies' football as well. And we mentioned Breach Cockery and, and Marina Buckley in particular and Cork with the dual players. Uh, would you have loved to have a crack at the, the, the old ladies' football as well? I would, absolutely, yeah. But like that, when I was playing, there was no there was no talk of ladies' football. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, there was no ladies' football being played that I, that I could see in any Cork City clubs. The only person I ever rem- remember playing ladies' football was Fiona Driscoll. I remember, I don't know what, I think it was oh, around the 2002, maybe earlier. Um, she was she won an All-Ireland junior football title. That, and, I, you know, that was the first I kind of even took any notice of, of ladies' football. But absolutely, if I if I was playing today and it was in in my own club or a sister club, you know, of course I'd have tried it. You know, I think you, yeah. I, I absolutely would have. Yeah, I, I probably would have loved it. Yeah, it's just as well anyway. You took up Camogie because just looking back in your career, uh, it's the stuff of, of of legend with six All Irelands, captain Cork twice. Um, you know, you you came into the Corks kind of panel uh, very young, did you, Linda? I did. I um I just turned seventeen and and I got the call, so I was in leaving search. And, um, yeah, I got the call and I, I was on it then until 2002. So that was 1985 to 2002. So it was into the 18th season. And, uh, yeah, God, <laughs> I don't know where the time went. It was just, it was a fabulous time. Now, a lot of heartache, but then a lot of, um, a yeah. lot of great times then yeah. towards you, the end. Yeah, because you lost a few All-Irelands before you won one. Yeah, I lost four All-Ireland titles before we won one. So we lost three in a row from 87 to 89. Mm. We lost 91, and then we won in 92. And we kind of went on a winning spree then of five between 92 and 98. Then we had a bit of a gap when Tipperary took over, and we came back and won the All-Ireland again in 2002, and I retired then. Yeah. and uh, it was good. You come back again. Like, to to Captain Cork, uh, was that the ultimate feud to to Captain Cork, to All-Ireland glory? At the time, yes, I remember being uh, nominated as captain of Cork in in uh, '93, and uh, my parents were out that night, and I came home, and I was just buzzing, and I don't think we had a phone in the house at the time, so <laughs> I just left a note on the kitchen table, and uh, I heard my parents I was up in bed, and I heard my parents come in, and I could hear they were jumping around the kitchen below, you know. Um, so yes, it meant it meant an awful, awful lot to me, and I was very fortunate, and it was pure luck to have done it twice, really. Um, you know, and because uh, I was captain of Cork actually in '96, and I and I passed over on it. I didn't feel I wanted it so soon after '93, and we actually lost the '96 final. And then when I was offered it again in '97, I took it, and um, and then we won in '97. So it was it was a bit of luck as well, you know. 
Yeah, Captain Cork twice, uh, some achievement. And you play with great characters. I mean, your your career, inter-county career, spanned over 20 years. And, you know, you great coaches along the way and really good characters alongside you in that Cork team as well, those Cork teams. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Oh, yeah, tremendous characters. I mean, I, I, I suppose when I came in in 85, there was a lot of that great 70s and 80s team. Maybe, you know, I only played a season or two with them, like Kathy Landers, Mary O'Leary. And those type of brilliant players who were great characters. But I was so shy and feared and kind of, you know, in the corner of the dressing room at 17, 18 years of age, I probably didn't appreciate their wish as much as I do now when I bump into them. Um, and then I, you know, tremendous players, you know, uh, Liz Towler, Liz O'Neill, Kathleen Costine, rest in peace, but Kathleen passed away a couple of years ago. Uh, great characters, you know, Trace O'Callaghan, great friend of mine, um, Sandy Fitzgibbon. We just, you know, great. And then, you, you know, you know, then because I played so long, I suppose they moved on. Then other characters came in, younger players, you know, and um, great characters, great memories and great friends, you know. I mean, you might, I think the thing, and you find a lot of GA players will say this, that when you retire, you know, you mightn't see the players, obviously, you won't see the players as often, but five or six years could last, you could bump into a player and there's affection straight away. And there, you know, you, you just chat straight away about life and how you're getting on and how are the family and, it's just a, it's just tremendous, really. That there's just this bond there, you know, that you can just pick up on. Yeah, definitely. And you made the, the 2004 centenary team as well, uh, which was a great honour. That meant a lot to you, did Linda as well? Yeah, I, I remember when I got the, um, the the notification in the door that I was nominated. I kind of said, "Oh, oh, that's nice. That's lovely," you know. And I didn't make a big deal of it. I didn't make a big deal of it to my family. Hence, my mother and father never went, and regret it to this day. I just went up myself with a, with a bunch of friends up to the function. And it was only when I got there, I realised how big a deal this was. Mm. It just didn't, I don't know why it didn't hit me. And um, I'm sure when my name was called out, I was over the moon. And I think when I came home, and it's only since the magnitude of being named on that team has really hit mm. me as to, as to look, it, it, you know, I think I have to, I'm deeply honoured, to be honest with you. It's, uh, it, it, was, it was lovely. Um 
took me a while to realise how lovely it was, but <laughs> it, it was lovely, yeah, and it's something I'm very proud of. Yeah, there forevermore as well. And, um, yeah. you know, the game has changed a lot. I mean, when you when you were in the Cork side, it was 12 aside, for example. You probably had to do a lot more running then. Um, what was it like compared to when it changed over to 15 aside, uh, the 12 aside game? Yeah, the 12 aside finished in 98, and we won the All Ireland in 98, and it mm. went to 15 in 1999. So I had uh, four seasons at 15 aside, and it. Um, there was more, more, way more running for me in the 12 aside. I think, I think it took Cork a long time to adapt to the 15 aside. Mm. Um, when I was playing 12 aside, obviously it was a smaller pitch, and I, as a midfielder, I'd be up in the forward line, I'd be back in defence, I was running everywhere. But when it became 15 aside, you can't do that anymore. And no one, I don't recall anyone taking me to the side telling me you need to change your game now. Mm. Um, I don't recall changing my game or realising that for a while that I you know that you need to keep it in a certain race you know maybe go back to the first to the first young or you know on both ends or mm. something like that so I think it took us a while to adapt to it um, but certainly it was a fantastic thing for Komogi it had to happen um, I mean players strength was developing uh, fitness levels were improving yeah. things, were, things were evolving and you know goalkeepers puckouts were reaching the other end of the square and it just wasn't feasible mm. so it, it, they were trying it for a number of years because I remember going up to a try maybe three or four years before that where they tried it out um, and eventually it came in and it had to come in and thanks be to God it did because if it hadn't I think people would have probably been sneering at the game at the game today and it wouldn't it certainly wouldn't have got the um, the media or the respect it now has had its state of 12 aside. So um, it's fantastic. And I think players have more space and they can show their skills better here. Mm. Um, you know, you can create that space far more because the 12 aside pitch was narrower as well. Um, and I think you can get better scores today as well because of it, because back in the day as well, the, the, that goalpost would have been far smaller and the uprights would have been very short. And the amount of controversial wides, <laughs> I couldn't begin to tell you. So the accuracy had to be spot on. But, um, oh, listen, 15 aside was the best thing that ever happened to the game. And yeah. thanks be to God, it did. Yeah. And Parky Cueve, the new Parky Cueve, looks great, Linda. Obviously, you've been down there. And um, yeah. have you watched the Camogie game there? It's great that they, they've, they've played a Camogie match there as well. Yeah. it's Look, it's fun. And that's the way it should be, you know. And uh, unfortunately, I think the ladies footballers are just about to play there when the right. lockdown kicked in. So unfortunately, but they get their chance. Uh, yeah, look, the... Um, you know, we all own that Parky Cueve. We're all a part of it. It's for Cork. And I think it's only right that the, the girls um, get their big days down there as well as the lads, you know. so. But I think it's happening more and more anyway, Trevor. I think there's an awful lot of curtain raisers now where Camogie's going to be a curtain raiser to hurry. And you've seen that a lot in the last couple mm. of years, more than in the past. So uh, I think that's um, that's great. And probably what the girls deserve. There's just a sense of importance and pride when you go down to your county stadium. And you run out onto the pitch, you know, and it's a, it's a very proud moment for any player that does it. And I think that's only right. Yeah, good stuff. Just uh, the end of it, Solanda. Uh, I know you enjoyed your coaching spell as well. Um, you were coaching Brian Dillon's. You, you actually played with Brian Dillon's early on as well, did you? Obviously, yeah. a, f- a fondness for Brian Dillon's. Absolutely, very soft, a fierce soft spot for Brian Dillon's. Um, I started my career there, and I left uh, in 1988. Um, and you know, I. I had to leave, to be honest with you, and I went back there coaching for the same reasons that I left uh, 30 years ago. It was because numbers were very, very small. Mm. My niece, Nia Volieri, was 14 at the time, and 
she'd come home from training telling me she was she's a member of Brian Dillon she'd come home from training me telling me of the single digit numbers of training and and they, I was going to some of their games they were losing games by horrendous scores and I didn't want her to pack up she was still too young she probably wouldn't have moved clubs and I didn't want her and she didn't want to and so I got involved with Brian Dillon's and um Look, I'm as competitive as the next person, Trevor, but it isn't all about winning. Um, only one team can win every year. Yeah. The majority of players will go through their career losing more than they'll win. But it's mm. about the journey and, you know, a good structure, good training, which players find challenging and enjoy at the same time enjoyable, where they see the kind of themselves growing as a player and, and, and as a team. And that's when they take to the field against the opposition. They're in with a fighting chance. Not so much so that they'll win. Because as I said, everyone can't win. But that they feel good, they know they have the work done, there's a bond within the team, they're getting 20-plus at training, and they go out to the pitch and they do themselves justice. And that's what it's all about. And when I got involved in Brendan's and with a number of other people who were tremendous, Mary O'Sullivan, Tom Myers, Pascal Luby, Paul Mills, and many more who came in over the years, mm. you know, we built that slowly up. And... Um, we, you know, we did have great success, but if we didn't have, I'd look back on it just as successfully as as if we hadn't won because um, we built up a great team there and they were a great bunch. And I, I really didn't realise how much I would get out of coaching until I went into it. I absolutely loved it. I loved seeing the players developed. I got tremendous buzz out of them and um, I really enjoyed it. Mm. And, uh, you know, so... Any I think plans for, to return coaching? Ah. Uh, I did. I, I was involved this year with. Uh, I got involved as a selector with UCC. Um, mm. I enjoyed that again. Uh, different players, different level, um, but not at the moment, anyway, Trevor. Because you know, with writing for the Evening Echo and covering club games and intercounty games week in and week out, and then when the club scene starts, there's a lot of midweek games. So you really, it's very, very hard. And I wouldn't take anything on unless I could give it a hundred percent. And you, you can't just fit yourself in too many play, in too many ways because you don't do justice to anything then so um, uh, you know not at the moment but we'll see Great stuff well it's uh, great to have your thoughts here on the score on Cork's 96 FM for this uh, Sunday uh, thanks for being our special guest uh, during lockdown and uh, we really appreciate your time coming on with us uh, Linda and it was great sharing some of your great memories from your fascinating career thanks for very much for joining us Thank you too Trevor for having me bye bye Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.